For some people, ministry looks like becoming a missionary and living in different parts of the world. For other people, ministry may be volunteering in your local community. And still for others, ministry may be vocational ministry. My name is Marian Brown. I'm happy to be with you today. And I'm really happy to be a part of our pop-up B message series. We're taking a little break from our chat flicks season three, and we're bringing to you Be Called. And today I have the pleasure of introducing you to Ethan Corder. Ethan will tell us all about how he has been called, and he'll also tell us a little bit about his connections through our church. And so we're really excited to have you, Ethan. Yeah, glad to be here. Ethan is our ministry intern, and you may have no idea what that means. You are not alone. And so, Ethan, <laughs> we're really happy to learn about your story and to learn about what a ministry intern is. Sure. So uh, I'm doing an internship uh, through my program uh, in seminary, and that's going to be putting me at the church, trying to uh, hit lots of different roles at the church, lots of different areas of ministry, children's ministry, uh, young adult ministry. So I'll be you know, uh, sort of running the gamut here and, and seeing what works. Now you mentioned seminary. So where are you in school? Uh, so I go to the Candler School of Theology at Emory. I'm mm -hmm. um, in the second year of my Master's of Divinity program. So your Master's of Divinity is how many hours for people who don't know? Uh, I think at the end it's something like 90 hours to wow. finish that up. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it's a, it's a three-year program. Um, and, you know, right now everything is, is basically online. So it's a interesting, you know, new dynamic on that, but it's been going great. So you're at Candler. This is your second year, Master's of Divinity. And what do you do with the, what, what are the options with the Master's of Divinity degree? The options for a degree like that for a lot of people are uh, going into ministry directly, like in a clergy role, you know, being in the pulpit on Sundays. Um, and at this point, you know, I haven't been bit by the preaching bug, so I don't, I don't see that happening for me. But what I am interested in is, is religious education um, and sort of bridging the gap between a seminary-style education and, and what I would call you know, just the average churchgoer uh, who I think are, are hungry for religious education right now. So right now, mm -hmm. if you were to offer classes yeah. or a small group or right. a Bible study, what would you want to offer right now? Um, if I was to put together some sort of small group or class, I think what's important is like foundational theology, like patristics and, and you know, desert fathers and church fathers and stuff like that. Um, if you jump into some more of the more, you know, modern day 21st century theology, in, in my mind, that's sort of putting the cart before the horse, you know, so I think it's important to have a good base of, uh, of knowledge of how these early Christians thought about the church and stuff like that. I love that you want to connect. Hmm. You want to connect people with the right. history of Scripture yeah. and the history of their faith. Mm -hmm. um, what is it that you're reading right now that really speaks to you? Is there something in your seminary education so far that has really resonated with you? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I got a book by John Chrysostom. Okay. I think I'm saying that name right. Um, he may call and let us know. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> But I, I, it's on marriage and family life, you know. So I'm getting married in December. I thought that would uh, w would be useful, and, and I think it is. You know, you sort of have to interpret it a little bit differently. You know, a thousand, two thousand years on. But um, I think a lot of this uh, ancient theology, you know, because that's what it is at this point, can really still speak to people. 
you know, and, and it did speak to me. Is there a certain scripture that you have that speaks to you in all of this? So, uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed, uh, is, is what Paul wrote. And that, and that spoke to me. I, I learned about that in um, my Greek class at Candler. Um, and I get to break out fancy $10 seminary word. But that, uh, that, God, that, that Greek word for God-breathed is something called a hapax legomena which means that it's a Greek word that's only used once in the New Testament. And I was inspired myself over quarantine to uh, get that tattooed on me. So that's the Greek word, theopneustos, for God-breathed. Um, and the fact that it's only used once in the New Testament makes me think that Paul was divinely inspired himself to, to talk about his relationship with Scripture. So you have marked yourself with mm. God's breath mm -hmm. to be used for one time. Right, yeah. And uh, Paul goes on to say that all scripture is useful for, for teaching, uh, and, I, and I think it is, and I, I think people are, uh, like I said, hungry for that and, and ready for that, so I hope I can uh, best, best fill that role that I feel called to fill. I think that's beautiful. Thank you. I think that's a calling right there. Yeah. And that you chose to do that in quarantine. <laughs> um, really says a lot about yeah. where you are, where right. you are in your call and where you are spiritually. Mm. So that's very exciting to think about education and what you will teach. Yeah, I'm excited to, uh, you know, get more involved here at RUMC and, and see where I'll best fit and, and best, best can serve. Absolutely. And tell us a little bit. So you're here. Um, my seminary, we called it field ed. We mm. called it our field education placement right. for a year. It's a ministry intern for a year. Mm -hmm. um, are there certain areas that you have to, to be a part of or to hit? Like, what are your target for the year? Yeah, so there are uh, several areas, you know, through the contextual education internship that, that Candler wants us to hit. Um, we do have to focus on some of the more practical sides of, I guess, being involved with the church, like budgetary meetings, staff meetings, stuff like that. Um, the fun stuff. Yeah, the fun stuff, right? The real world stuff. But uh, also um, community outreach, uh, like with the, the giving garden that, that RUMC has, the, uh, the food bank, um, the like check-in calls to congregants and stuff like that. Um, children's ministry, Sunday schools, religious education. Um, so, you know, ideally I'll, I'll sort of be seeing a lot of the different facets of, of how a church is, is run and how it interacts with its congregants. That's really exciting, though, yeah. that we'll have an opportunity as a teaching church yeah. to continue to um, be a part of your ministry life because you've been a part of our campus for quite some time, right? Right, right. Well, uh, my fiance and Emily, Emily and I have uh, been members here for going on two years, I would say. Uh, I've been coming to the church for a little bit longer than that, and my family have been members at, at RMC for a while now. Um, so, you know, it's good to, to officially be members and to meet lots of, you know, new people and new faces and everything. And uh, we've gotten plugged in with young adult Bible studies. Uh, and that was really the thing that um, got me involved right after I graduated from college. Yeah. Um, I was able to get plugged in with Emily to a young adult Bible study. And um, it's been great. So you and your fiance got plugged into a Bible study. Mm -hmm. And is that what took you to Candler? What is it? What is the journey that took you to decide to go to seminary? I grew up in Roswell. Uh, I would say sort of by default growing up in the South, you go to church. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think that's somewhat of a fair statement. And, 
and I, I did grow up, I you know, always, always went to church, even when we moved around, we'd always find a church to go to. Um, but it wasn't something I really personally identified with until I, I did go to college and get a chance to uh, read the Bible for myself and, and dive into that for myself. I uh, got connected with Crew, which is a, a Christian campus organization. Um, and I, I met some, some great people and got involved in Bible studies. Um, and I just, I sat down with the Bible and I said, well, lots of people seem to like this and spend a lot of time studying this. So, you know, let's see what it's all about. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think everything just came together at the right time. I got interested in my own, you know, Bible studies and, and had a great professor that really encouraged me to continue studying that after uh, my undergrad. What about the pandemic now? Mm. Let's think about what what's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see, if you were in a church right now, in a leadership position, what would your message be to a people of pandemic? I think that right now is a time for us to really get into um, into contact with what it means to be grateful uh, and graceful um, and gracious, uh, because there's so many trying situations um, where we could go the other direction. Mm. But I think that right now we, we do have a chance to uh, be aware of what we have and be grateful for what we have um, and hope that we can be as, as gracious to people as, as we hope that they are to us because that's really, you know, that's important right now, I think. You know, I think back to um, my field ed group. Mm-hmm. And there are connections and relationships there that I still check on and I still use. And so some of the relationships that you form in seminary can be formative and can be long lasting. Absolutely. So I hope that for you, no matter where your ministry takes you, to have that group of people that can pull you back to center. Absolutely. You know, there was always something incredibly special that happened at Divinity School where we all saw each other for ourselves. Mm. And... You know, you saw each other at your core. Right. So this is what God asked you to do. Right. And all the other stuff kind of melted away. Yeah. And so I hope you find that. Yeah. In the, um, a group that just sees what God wants for Ethan. Right. Right. And I, I, I think I've had that, you know, uh, similar experiences. We, me and my classmates, we all know that we're there uh, because God called us to be there. A lot of us aren't sure what that's going to mean. Um but, you know, we're there and, and we're going through the, the tough faith moments, which there are a lot of for everybody, um, tough questions, yeah. um, and we get to bounce that off each other, and it's, it's great. What is it that you are hoping that um, you get from this experience? So I think that I hope to see how uh, the church has real people behind it, and it's not just... Um, sort of this institution that, that's sitting there, but there are real people involved. But also to see um, you know, how, how, how God works through those people, um, especially in interesting times like this, because I don't think there's really been an internship opportunity during a pandemic before. So it's definitely a unique opportunity that I'm grateful for. Oh, we wish you the best. Thank you. I yeah. think it's going to be an amazing time. I think so. I'm really excited to see where your ministry goes yeah. here on campus and even beyond campus. Absolutely. And I really honor what you've done during COVID and the intentionality behind God's breath. Yeah. And uh, we definitely see that in you. We see yeah. the divine and can't wait to be a part of that.
there are different ways that we can respond to God's ministry and different ways that we can be involved in ministries like that of Ethan's. And so I invite you into that space and into that moment. I invite you to hear what God is asking of you. There may be a time when you feel the Holy Spirit pull you a little bit or just nudge you. I invite you to pay attention to that. I invite you to ask questions of people around you because you might see something of God working in another person and they just need you to affirm it. So do it. Pay attention. Pay attention to the leanings. Pay attention to the calls. Scripture tells us in many different ways that God calls people. There's a time in the Old Testament in 1 Samuel when God calls Samuel by name. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel runs to help the man Eli he's taking care of. And Eli finally says, no, it is God calling you by name. Next time, say, here I am. There are other times in Matthew when Jesus finds fishermen just doing their daily work and says, now it's time to come and work with me. There is another time in Scripture when a woman becomes queen for such a time as this. What is your time? What is your work? And what is your name that God is calling you? Respond. Respond with your life. Amazing things can happen. It might be that um, it could be a one-time God's breath that you hear and notice. We invite you also to respond by always being in worship with Chapel Roswell. We're so excited to have you any day of the week and any time of the day. Our normal worship hour is Sunday at 11 o'clock. So you know you can always find us live then, but you can find us on our podcast or even on demand. Another way we invite you to respond is always through your gifts. Through your time and through your offerings, we invite you to be a part of the ministries because it's your giving, it is your offering, it are, it's our resources that allows us to cultivate others for ministry. Whenever you give to Chapel Roswell, you are also giving to the lives and pouring into the lives of all of the people here, um, all of the gardens here, and all of the work here. And so please keep that in mind, and we invite you to give. But now, may we have a moment of prayer. Gracious and holy Lord, we are your people. And we are so thankful for the gifts that you have placed in each one of us. May we recognize those spiritual gifts now. May we see the talents that you have given us. And may you bless all of those things, all of our resources, so that we may give for your work and for your people. May you continue to use those examples in scripture. May you continue to show us about our founding families, our founding scriptural families. And may you give us a courage and a strength that they had. Lord, we also ask that you be with all of the people who are going through different things this week. For people who have illnesses, for people who have a depression, for people who are learning about procedures and treatments for the first time, be with all of them. In particular this week, we remember those with mental illnesses, and we remember those people who have had any kind of suicidal thoughts. Lord, on this National Awareness Week, 
we remember how valuable every life is. And so speak, Lord, to those who need to hear it the most. And Lord, we ask that you encourage us to be people of love and ambassadors of love so that we speak your grace when others need to hear it. And be with us as families are making decisions about education and learning more about educational systems. May you be a part of all of that. Lord, all that we do and every day we give to you. Amen. And now, see each person of value. Pray every day to God for direction. And see every day as a day of ministry. Go in peace. Amen.